And welcome to another edition of the West Coast Preps Podcast. I am Chris Jackson, joined here by Gregory Morlandtown. It was another very busy weekend for us, so Greg, how you doing after the nice long weekend we had out in Fresno? I'm doing great. You know what really rejuvenated me yesterday was watching my New England Patriots just absolutely obliterate the Las Vegas Raiders, who I know, um, I'll just mention a few names, Brandon Younger and Chris Jackson are fans of. That's among many others that we have talked to, but you know, that made me feel really good and really got my uh, my juices flowing again. Watching Cam Newton, Mister Superman, just go all over crazy. Run. Cam Newton did not go crazy on anybody. It, he's a quarterback. The, the Raiders beat themselves. The Patriots one run game went crazy. Rex Burkhead looked like he was twenty three years old. That's all because of Cam Newton, though, right? Because the the force of Cam Newton, right? Just the, his abilities. Mr. He couldn't. He's MVP. He couldn't even throw a pass yesterday. Really? Then how did they score? How many points did they score? Yesterday? Yeah. Did you watch how they ran the ball? How the Raiders shot themselves in the foot in the red zone? They fumbled the ball in the red zone. Also, it was kind of a weird call, but whatever. There doesn't matter. The Raiders you guys still got beat the themselves. ball back literally two plays later. But you know, still, it's one of those things. The Raiders beat themselves. I'm never going to blame officiating for a loss. The Raiders beat themselves, which has been the same old song and dance for. 8,500 plus years for that franchise, but you know, I guess the Raiders being two and one through that schedule isn't a bad thing, isn't as bad as you probably expected. But now they've got some tough games coming up. You've got Buffalo, you've got Kansas City, so yeah, they're not winning those games. Sorry, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one. If they if they can win one of those games, that can give them a lot of confidence. That could be a really big boost. But I don't know. Can we have overreaction Monday? Um, The Saints are not a good football team this year. Did you expect the Saints to be a good football team? Yeah, I didn't. Really? Yeah, they were. I there was not a whole lot of optimism going into the season. Out of there, they I were. What they finished last year at twelve and four. I, or I just didn't 13, think it was going to be that good. To be honest, they don't. They're not the same. Have you watched them? Drew Brees does not okay, look the same. But coming into the year, you thought they would be a good team. I thought they'd be solid, but I didn't think they'd be anything great. Well, I think that they're missing the playoffs right now, which I would not have expected at, after before week one. I don't think they're a playoff team this year. Probably not. Yeah. So we're also three weeks in, so who knows what the heck can happen for the next 13 games, and then, you know, whatever the heck happens after that. But Shout out to the Buffalo Bills for blowing a 28-3 lead and then getting bailed out by the rest. Um, should be 2-1 and one after this week. I mean, you can say they got bailed out by the refs, but the Chargers also. The whole, they, they played whole, the Rams. What are you Rams, Rams, about? whatever. I am. It shows <laughs> you how much I've paid attention to these games. <laughs> After that Raiders game, I'm going to be honest with you. I watched the fourth quarter of the Cowboys-Seahawks game, and that was it for me. Were you a little depressed after my Patriots? Actually, I really wasn't upset. I, I, I came in expecting a loss. Some other people talk trash to me, and I won't call them out by name, but he knows who he is if he's listening. And uh, I usually don't go into games talking <clears throat> trash unless you are the University of Texas. Then I'll talk trash. You talking to Coach T right now? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm helping drawing out a little bit, too, okay. in this, too. Yeah. Right. 
got, got to stick together through these times. But going to start off on kind of a somber note here. We saw unfortunate incident happen at Skyline. I know Coach Bates tweeted about it. We just want to offer our thoughts there. Going to keep the name private right now for the family, all those involved. If they want to release that name, that is their right. But we just want to keep this private on the name. But they did unfortunately lose one of their players in the shooting over the weekend in East Oakland. It's been tough sledding for Coach Bates from what he tweeted this morning. He's lost a couple of kids and a coach these last few years to violence. Lost one of his kids yesterday on Sunday. Kid they really had high hopes for, a great kid. We just want to offer our thoughts to Skyline. It's tough to see this. I can't imagine. Why are you shooting anybody, and especially why are you shooting a kid? Yeah, it's our thoughts and prayers mostly goes out to the family and, and the team, right? It's a camaraderie that you build with when you're in that team atmosphere and everyone lost a, a brother and a teammate and a good person. So um, thoughts and prayers go out to everyone that was affected by the shooting. And, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, but hopefully hopefully things start to get better and hopefully I'm not sure how, how to express my thoughts on this because it's such a sad thing when you see such a young kid um, lose his life so early in such a tragic way. Yeah, I saw that and it really just put me in a really sad mood just to think of what they're going through, what that kid's family's going through, his friends, everyone at Skyline, the city of Oakland. That's such tough news to see. But there's really no other way to describe it except it's it's terrible. I, I don't know why anyone's ever going to shoot a kid. This shouldn't happen. A kid should not lose his life at any age but 15 16 17 years old that's that's a terrible tragedy he had the rest of his life ahead of him he had the rest of his life to do great in football do great in the classroom do great in his life and change the world and unfortunately that's been taken from him but every player care every player every coach everyone in oakland everyone that knew him carry on his legacy the way i know that he would want you guys to do stay strong i know you guys have an amazing group of kids at skyline we've met a lot of their kids already talked to them we've met their coaching staff before a great group of people we know they're going to power through this but just stay strong because i know this kid's going to be smiling when he watches all their success coming up here this year next year the next 40 plus years for all these kids and coaches yeah well he'll be looking from up above and hopefully we we as a community can make them proud and and continuing uh, doing to do great things in this community definitely and now just moving on to where we were over the weekend in Fresno on Saturday, a nice long fun day there. It wasn't as hot as we thought it would be, which was oh, a nice thing. Thank goodness. Went into it thinking it was going to be 104, 105, then all of a sudden checked Friday night. Temperature was going to be 89 degrees, which compared to 104 is a nice cool day. If you get 89 in Fresno in September, you're you're very thankful. Yeah, no, we were very thankful for that. We were very thankful to watch Another 10-plus hours of football there on Saturday. A lot of great things went down there from the National Preps Collegiate Showcase. Just first off, initial thoughts from you, Greg. Um, I thought it was a really good camp, and they did a great job of socially distancing. Um, they, they did not have one-on-ones, um, but they did run plenty and plenty of drills to help these kids get some sort of film more on footwork and more on explosiveness and stuff like that really to let these colleges kind of see how how good and talented these kids are and how much of an athlete they are 
right? And obviously that's just as important sometimes um, than what you do on the field because it shows your, your development and your, the possibility of how good you can become. And man, there's a lot of talented kids and a lot of good athletes out there. And this is, you know, there's kids from LA, a lot of kids from the Fresno area and a lot of kids from here in the Bay Area so much talent and I say that after every showcase I feel like and we just see more and more kids that are talented and once again we saw another weekend of what 400 talented kids this weekend yeah what are the roster at 409 kids I think it was 410 yeah 409 410 something yeah. crazy like that so there's a lot of them and one thing there again I know a couple weeks ago best coast we highlighted some of these guys from Clayton Valley but again let's highlight Clayton Valley again Clayton Valley Charter Ugly Eagles the defending state champions after a crazy regular season in their loaded East Bay Athletic League division, own four with that obviously an insane division with De La Salle, Montevis, the San Ramon Valley, you name the yeah. list. Didn't we mention that last time? Yeah, how it's just loaded it's, is right Yeah, now? it's remarkable. Then Clayton Valley goes on to win a state championship. I don't care what division it is in California. You've done something right, and one of those guys who's a big piece of that's going to be. An even bigger piece this year as Clayton Valley looks to defend its championship run is Eric Christofferson, running back athlete. Very, very great kid. He's a leader. You can tell just by the way he speaks, the way he conducts himself, the way he handles himself. But 146 rushing yards and one touchdown last year as a junior. Don't forget some of the guys ahead of him. You had Amari Taylor there, Tavon Austin, DeAnthony Thomas kind of kid, 1,400-plus yards. Prasad Woodlands. You had another 1,000-yard rusher there who just graduated, but Eric Christofferson, 146 rushing yards, 493 receiving yards, and four touchdowns. And a state champion, right? Yeah. I, I think one thing I point out with him more than anything was he's just a mature, good young kid. You know, I, I think that's what I've been most impressed with. Obviously, there's so many talented kids, but how good these kids are and how impressive they are in front of a camera and how nice they are to to everyone not even just us as media but coaches and parents and helping out with cleaning up when they need to and there's just a lot of good kids out here but then you go to his talent you know he still had 493 receiving yards four touchdowns there another touchdown on the ground with 146 yards and that's behind 2,000 yard rushers and another 557 with Rashawn out there I mean that is a loaded running back group right there looks looks like the uh, Patriots against the Raiders in there one more time. looks like a high school team against the Raiders rush <laughs> defense <laughs> I, I think these kids could do a pretty good job there they really could so um, I'm very impressed with with Eric and I'm excited to, to go watch a couple games and see see how they attack defenses again with all the talent they have on that field yeah so they've got two kids coming back with over 500 rushing yards they did lose in a thousand yard rusher, like I mentioned. Kaya Rice graduated one thousand ninety rushing yards. But they still get, they still get Eric Christofferson. They still get Amari Taylor, and they get Rasan Woodland to five hundred plus rushing yards as a sophomore during their state title run. Doing something right. Clayton Valley's got one of the best backfields in the region, without question. There, it's going to be fun to see what they do. And another ridiculous guy in the backfield we saw there over the weekend, an absolute freaking tank. Oh. A bull. You, you can name any big word you want for this kid. He's got it. Jonah Coleman from Lincoln High School in Stockton. This dude squats 525 pounds. That's and his trainer, Vince Carter, 
from Elevate 209 said he hasn't even lifted in a couple weeks, and even then, yesterday it looked like he just came off some three-hour lifting session in the weigh room. Yeah, he, he's insane. Um, I was saying all day he reminds me of Josh Jacobs, Doug Martin. He's just that big, you know. Um, he just he wants the contact. Like you can tell, we've seen him do a couple one-on-ones. He wants that contact. He runs to contact, and then he'll just run through you. Uh, and I, I watched some of his highlights again the other day. This dude is special. There's, nobody can take him down. I mean, you've got six kids on him, and Jonah's finding a way. Yeah, and I remember you showed me Joe Mixon highlights back in, when he was in high school here. And then I saw Jonah's. I saw some similarities. Obviously, I think they're a little different type of runners, different body types. But right, you can just tell when someone has that talent, and he has that talent. There's a reason why he's got an offer list that spans from Arizona State, Fresno State, New Mexico, Oregon State, San Jose State. Sounds like he's close to a four-star ranking recruiting as well. And let's also add that a very certain big Power 5 school with a very good history, one of the best players of all time, is very close to offering this kid as well. So if this school does pull a trigger on an offer here soon, which I can confidently say I expect... Just imagine how much those floodgates are going to open for Jonah Coleman, especially when you look at just his resume. He was a freshman on varsity in high school. 545 rushing yards and nine touchdowns as a freshman. Then jump ahead to a sophomore season last year when Lincoln made the playoffs. 1,587 rushing yards, which were number 75 in the state of California last season, according to the stats that were available on Max Preps. And he had 30 touchdown runs, which were tied for 10th in California. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, you know, I, he's got that goal line um, toughness to him, where you can just, you know, you're run, once you're inside the ten yard line, just hand the ball off to him, and he's going to get in the end zone. But he has that uh, breakaway ability too, which is why he has almost sixteen hundred yards last year. Do you got any predictions for what he's going to do this year as a junior? Though, I mean, he almost tripled his output. If they play a full slate of games, I believe he'll get 1800 plus yards and i won't be shocked if he got a thousand or two thousand okay, okay. If, if they can get 10 how, games how in. how many touchdowns that, that's tough to top 30 right uh, especially 30 is a, a lot but he's a guy that can do it if it's if it took six guys to take him down to the sophomore it's going to take him eight to get him down this year right yeah i think i think that 30 mark is a good guesstimate for this it's it's hard to top that and there's nothing wrong if he doesn't but I, I, I think 1,800 yards, 30 touchdowns is very realistic if they can get the 10 games in. I was leaning towards 1,800 yards, but now you said it. I can't say the same thing. So I'm going 2,000 yards and 35 touchdowns for Jonah Coleman this year. Again, that would not be a shock. No, not shocked at all. Especially with some extra time he's got to squat 8,500 pounds if he wanted to. pounds squat. I can barely get you know, 25s on each side. And this guy's he's just five five twenty five easy easy money for him. Yeah, not even not even difficult. No, it wasn't. And then some other takeaways we got there too. Linemen. There's so many of them here. Yeah, there is, and we saw it again this weekend. We've seen some top notch linemen on both sides of the ball at some camps. Obviously, Derek Thompson from Dale Sal, Nick Strum from Monta Vista, Darius Fontenot, who's just a tankid. He just pushes you down, and then then, then he hits the. Yeah. The thing down, celebrates, dances with He's Dominic Childress, another guy we've seen who got the Cal Poly offer. But 
Obviously, I've listed a good amount of guys there. Let's give some love to other guys as well we've seen that we talked to on Saturday. College Park's Colton Bonington. Feels like we've seen him everywhere, too. Yeah, he's been, yeah, he's, he's he's been, been in a lot of camps, a lot of showcases. He's added 15 pounds this offseason. More stuff for him, too. Improved his 40 time by six-tenths of a second. And that's big. I mean, that's that's no small feat. That's a huge thing because um, six-tenths of a second and a 40, I mean, that's – I don't know how to compare it. That's just that's a big thing. Six yeah, tenths of a second is a long time, even though it doesn't sound very long. No, but that that's big. Yeah, you don't understand how much even just these small minuscule improvements in the forty can really help you recruiting wise and all of that stuff. There's a reason why they're doing these laser time forties at these showcases and camps because that's what colleges are looking for. He's already got a good resume too. Two time All League honoree. He's looking for his third straight nod that he told us. Maybe gets All State this year too. He's on a good trajectory for it. He's got. Some recruiting going on. He told us he's talked to a couple of Division three schools. His coach also said there's one Division one school that has inquired about him. But regardless, he does have an opportunity, he said, to play junior college football at Laney College, which is a great place to play. State champs not too long ago in 2018. They were on Last Chance U. We've spoken about them before on our podcasts, also with Coach Bates, because Coach Bates knows Coach John Beam at Laney very well, being a Skyline guy himself. So that there's going to be plenty more options, I think, He's already added 15 pounds. He recently improved his 40 time by six-tenths of a second. I imagine just a strong season, which I can 100% say that he's going to have again this year. Yeah, and it, I, I go back to what we've talked about previously multiple times. Junior college is not a bad way to go, especially right now. Um, with all the weird times that we're in, it's not a terrible thing to go into a junior college spot and continue playing football and opportunities will arise if you continue to put in the work and continue to play well and play hard so you know going to Laney College not a bad thing to do uh, hopefully he gets that division one offer and uh, obviously if you get that opportunity you should almost almost guarantee take it unless it's just not the right fit but I think there's a good be good things for him coming up here um, I'm excited to, to see what he does he's already Improving, you know, his weight, improving his quickness and agility and and whatnot. So, hopefully, he continues on the trajectory he's on, and be excited to see what where he continues to go and what that leads him to. Then you've also got another offensive lineman we talked to, right alongside him, Preston Golem from Vintage, going into his junior season. Kind of like Colton, added 15 pounds during this off season. Again, like Colton, we've seen him at a bunch of showcases. No offers quite yet, but don't forget he's just going into his junior season. So got another couple months to get some more film out as a junior, senior, etc. But he has received some interest from what he said. So imagine a big off season like he's already had adding to it, then a strong junior season at vintage. And maybe heck, maybe they get that section title they've come so close to here in recent years. Yes. I imagine more and more colleges are gonna be calling about this kid and wanting him on their squad. Yeah, and same thing. He's adding weight, adding muscle in the off season, which is big for you know when you're a lineman, you need that muscle because uh, that's all about in the trenches right there, and you need the extra muscle to just make it through the season, honestly. But same thing, just another guy who's working his butt off, and hopefully he continues to receive some interest. Like you said, only a junior this year, so he has two more years of high school football to get that film out to continue to improve his skills and another exciting lineman to just throw into that mix of incredible linemen in the Bay Area. And then one quarterback we talked to as well, also going into his junior season, 
maturity leadership wise reminded me of Eric from Clayton Valley also Les Callen a golfer as well I know you guys had some fun talking about playing different golf courses but he got some snaps in varsity as a sophomore behind a guy that had a good season only through four picks last year for freedom now it's Les's chance there ready to take over the reins but he looked good out there too he really did look good I think these next couple years for him are going to be big obviously he hasn't gotten a lot of varsity reps yet so there's not a whole lot of recruiting going on but i do expect kind of like these other guys stuff's going to pick up for him soon he's going to keep growing you know he's already got the leadership and character stuff knocked down yeah yeah no without a doubt and i'm just wondering has that guy ever not smiled i mean he's just always a happy-go-lucky super fun to talk to um smiling kind of guy and i'm excited to see what he does i'm excited to see if he improves on the golf course because you know golf is my thing so you know i'm sure he's going to do great things on the football field but i'm ready to i want to take the next level in the golf course are you ready to challenge him and play 1v1 match play not i'm not gonna challenge are you scared i will have a friendly match with him though yeah i'm not scared uh-uh, i'm not scared actually when this comes out i will be playing golf on tuesday afternoon um and i will call out troy and yeah he'll never beat me in golf I've told him that multiple, multiple times. So, yeah. No, I'm not scared about losing to someone in golf. I'm very confident in that. Okay, yeah, I think we do need to get match play between you and Les. I think this is... Let's do it. Yeah, let's get it set up. Les, hit us up in the DMs. Let I'll, us know. I'll go out to, you know, wherever, whatever golf course he wants to go to. I'll go out there. It can even be his home course. I know he said he played Deer Ridge. Unfortunately, that place has closed down. That was one of my favorites. But I'm ready. Let's do it. Greg is ready the for takeoff. The GMT guarantee I will not lose, though. The GMT guarantee you will not lose. That's right. Okay. We're, we're moving on. I've, I've heard enough <laughs> but, of the GMT guarantee. Back to him. And, you know, he looked good throwing the football. You know, obviously, that's his showcase was the football showcase this weekend. It was not golf-related, and he looks good throwing the football. Uh, he, I think mechanics-wise, he looks uh, pretty set, and I'm excited to see what he can do uh, for his school and get an opportunity to play quarterback there this year. It's going to be exciting to see what exactly he's going to be able to do as he moves into the starting role, it sounds like. Yeah, as head coach I spoke to last month, Andrew Cotter is very excited about him, great arm talent. Obviously raved about his maturity. He's already gotten a year under his belt just learning the system. Sure, I mentioned he got a few reps out there, but he's still got to learn that system with the new OC, the new system they got last year, which was huge. Now he's learned all that. He's got the full offseason with He's got a few extra months to learn from it. I'm, I am expecting a pretty strong junior season from him. Maybe the floodgates open recruiting there as well, but that kind of ties into our next thing with how can this extended offseason benefit guys. I know we've talked about before California is behind the eight ball just because other states are playing games and California isn't. But then let's look at the other side, the positives to this extended offseason too. What kind of benefit do you think these extra few months can have for some of these athletes in the region? Well, I mean, here's the thing. They get more time to, to work out and become better technically skilled, to get more muscle, to get faster, just to train all around. So normally, and this is for any junior or even senior, sophomore, they're growing they're getting older they're all that so normally if you had a season when 
you're 16 and a half now all of a sudden you're 17 as this next season will start here in 2021 you're just bigger faster stronger so the film is going to look better right so that's one way to look at it is that these kids are just going to have the chances to perform better than they may have been able to perform in the 2020 regular season with none, no pandemic because they're able to get faster, stronger, and better. Yeah, that's kind of what every player was telling us, too. They're able, we've already talked about guys that are putting 15 pounds of muscle here already. What are they going to be able to do with a few more months? What's Quentin Bonington's 40 time going to look like now by the time the season rolls around? How much will Jonah Coleman squat by the time the season rolls around? 800? 1,000. 1,000. Easy money. Easy money with that guy. Pot, like, is that humanly possible? Jonah Coleman could do it. What is Saquon? I, I think that's a good question. What was Saquon at before, obviously, he got hurt a couple weeks ago? But, I mean, I, like, what is a reasonable... There has to be a limit, right? You would think. When I mean, you, I mean... you got Saquon and Jonah, though, there probably is no limit. Yeah, no, like I, I can't imagine there is. I mean, if you're running for 30 touchdowns as a sophomore, there's really no limit to what you can do. Maybe he hits four figures in squats, but I think, yeah, these few extra months will help, I'm sure. It's going to be a little tougher for California guys just because other areas are getting their film out there. They're getting chances, and we know with signing days, everything else, colleges are going to want to fill up slots from guys that have film and all of that stuff going on. But still, for these guys, for these open slots available, it's going to be huge for California guys because they can put out better film. Once this winter, spring season does roll around in 2021, it can, this could be huge because these guys, like you said, get bigger, faster, stronger. They get out better film. Could you imagine a kid comes into this season, he's 180 pounds, not quite bulked up, though, at his skill spot. Then season rolls around, he's 195, 200, and he's bulked up, and he's, his 40 time is 4-5, Could you imagine what that could do on film as well? Yeah, no, and I think as seniors, I'm not sure if you're going to be able to get ahead um, just because the time frame is just not working on their favor. But if you're a freshman, sophomore, junior, take advantage of this opportunity because you're still going to be able to get this film out and send it to colleges when we do start playing here in January. Take advantage of it. You know, Get in the gym. Go do a couple extra push-ups at home. You know, Start bulking up. You know, I know it's hard to find weight equipment right now just because everything seems to be sold out everywhere still. But you know, go go find some weights or I think what Branham is doing cement and milk cartons or sand and milk cartons. Yeah, yeah. I remember Coach know? Johnson told us they were putting yeah, the sand so. in the milk cartons. That's right. So I mean there's ways to do it. Take advantage of this opportunity. Um, I know classes online and it's hard to get the motivation to do some things, but you know, try and try and find that inner motivation or go find a motivational video just to kinda of get you hyped up and get motivated and just Take advantage of this extra time and extra, extra opportunity to get better until the season does roll around. Yeah, just think about that tough loss maybe you had last year in the playoffs. Relive that score. It's kind of like Coach T told us with their semifinals game, right? Mentions that score. What happens? All the players are pissed. Yeah. Right. So one thing that you could do too is write down your goals and put it on your door or put it next to your door when you're walking out of your room or something like that. Just something that you can see. And kind of the constant reminder, okay, that's what I'm working for. That's what I'm working towards. Um, have a short-term, long-term goal. And it doesn't even have to be football-related. It can just be personal-related. But have a goal that you're working towards every single day and just try and get 1% better and work towards that goal. 
it's it's kind of also what Derek Stevens told us as well. I know we kind of mentioned it in a story last week, but use this time, use this adversity to your advantage. You get a few extra months, you get extra time. Instead of sitting around doing nothing on your couch eating chips, which I know is probably an easy thing to do, go add another 15 pounds. Go get bigger and faster. Go to these events. Get your name out there. Use more social media. Keep reaching out to college coaches. You've got more time to do it, so why not do it? Exactly. I mean, we can go back to another brand of football player, Mateo, sending out 60 emails to college coaches. And I mean, right now is the best time to do it. I mean, why not? You're center at home, and you don't necessarily have a whole lot of things that you can do. So why not just send a couple emails? You don't even have to do 60 emails every day. Send out two or three every single day, right? Every little bit. It's the compound effect. Every little bit you do grows into something bigger. It does, and we've seen that with a couple of guys on social media. Mateo, obviously, sending out 60 emails a day. Charlie Kinney, the new transfer at Valley Christian. Anytime he sees a college coach, what does he do? He's tweeting out his just kind of his resume, his miserables, his highlights, where he goes, class, and everything, and boom. You might think it's annoying, but people see that stuff, and I know we've talked about that before, but if you've got three extra months to do this, why not do it? What What do you have to lose? You've got absolutely nothing to lose, and you've got everything to gain. Totally agree. Couldn't have said it any better. Yep, and then, Greg, I know you, going into this podcast, you said you had a little rant about a certain baseball manager that you wanted to get into. All right, so... The Giants, oh man, I just, this is going to be a tough one to get through without um, getting really, really pissed off. Get really, really mad. Gabe Kapler. And let's be honest, the Giants weren't going to go into the playoffs and win a World Series. I don't think they had the talent for that. I'm not saying they were going to go in the first round and beat the Dodgers. Um, but anything can happen, right, once you're in the playoffs. Who knows? And it wasn't even year. I know that thing it evaporated is. in 2016, but still. Still. You're exactly right. The Giants needed to win one more baseball game. One game, and they were in the playoffs. I mean, we can go back to the A series, back when they were playing at Oracle Park. I mean, you're going to put Trevor Gott in like four different times and let him blow five different leagues. How many runs did they give up in the ninth inning combined that series? Probably like 25. Felt like it. Way too many. And then they went to Anaheim and blew another lead that same day. I mean, they blew like four leads in a row. And then what do they do on Friday? I think it was Friday night. Blow a lead. I mean, how many times are you going to just blow a lead? And then all of a sudden, you put in a struggling Donovan Solano in the biggest moment in the seventh inning yesterday when it's a must-win game. The Brewers are losing yesterday. So if you win, you're in the playoffs. And you put in a struggling Donovan Solano for Alex Dickerson because it's a lefty-lefty matchup. When Alex Dickerson has been killing the ball lately, and Donovan Solano puts up the most effortless of bat I've ever seen in my life. Like a half-swing, check-swing-looking strike three. Like, are you kidding me? Like, what are you doing, Gabe? Obviously, he's struggling not seeing the ball well. So why are you going to put him in the biggest situation of the season? I just... He needs to be fired. I can't stand him. I think he's an awful coach. He went to the Phillies, and it was awful there. He's come to the Giants and made awful decisions here. Fire Gabe Kapler, 2020, right now. You doing okay over there? No. Like I said, I wasn't expecting a whole lot of this season, so I'm excited for what the Giants have done this season. And I said they were going to be right around 30-30 on one of our first podcasts. And they were right there. 
If they win one more game, they're in the playoffs. They're the eighth seed. And who knows? You could take two out of three out of the Dodgers. Maybe they start struggling. You get a couple key hits. A three-game series, anything can happen. But either way, Gabe Kapler needs to be fired. It's okay. At least you weren't the Texas Rangers. And what was that, 2012? They had like a 35-game lead on the A's with 35 games left, and the Rangers couldn't win a single game. Yes. They went to Oakland. All they had to do was win one game there at the end, and they couldn't win a game. Padres did that to uh, for the Giants. I remember back that in 2010. Yeah, that was that was a sad day in middle school watching all these Giants fans celebrate that uh, day. That was that was a lot of fun. You know, final day of the regular season. I thought we were gonna have a repeat of that this year. You know, final day of the regular season, playing the Padres again. It just felt like destiny. But then we have Gabe Kapler as our head coach, or as our manager now. So that was ruined. If we still had Bruce Bochy, I bet we're in the playoffs this year. So. Do you think that Gabe Kapler is the manager for the Giants next season, or do you think that he's gone? Um, do I want him gone? Yes. Do I think he'll still be there? Yes. I think Farhan uh, really likes Gabe for whatever reason, even though he's a complete idiot when it comes to managing. He's a, a very team. boring guy. Honestly, kind of fits the Giants managerial mode. Just, just fits that model. Bochy was boring, but he was. Bochy's most exciting he was, was a character. Every, the Bochy's most exciting thing was every time he talked, he would like. Lick his lips very aggressively. <laughs> well, you know, I just... Uh, either way, Gabe Kapler needs to be gone. That's the point of this rant right now. And I can't stand Gabe Kapler. I think he's the worst manager in Major League Baseball. I mean, the Miami Marlins made the playoffs this year. We could have hired anyone else, I think. It would have been just fine. Also, I can't wait for the Ace to lose the Chicago White Sox. Oh, I've I've already prepared for it. Oh, it's it's already happened. I've already prepared for disappointment. I can't wait. It's, I mean, how does how do they get matched? Like that's just an A's thing. Get matched up with probably the second best team in the league right now. It's it's the A's. What can I tell you? I mean, what what can I tell you? It's I'm ready to be disappointed again. I'm ready for them to lose. Tuesday night. Now here's the thing: Do they lose in two games or three games? No, they're going to lose in three games. They yeah, always lose yeah. in that crucial elimination That's game right. when a series is tied or it's a wild card game. Yeah. They're going to lose in game three because, like they always did against the Detroit Tigers, oh, they're going to yeah they'll be down three to nothing in the eighth inning. They'll have it the bases loaded, no outs, they'll have every chance. Then they'll pop it up, they'll strike out, and they'll pop it up again. They can't score a run, and then boom, season over, A's are done, and then they're going to. Clean the house. They're going to start it all over. Trade some guys for no reason. For guys that can't throw a ball to first without three hopping it. Yep. You know, like they did with... Would you like to mention that name that you're referencing there? Brett. Brett Lowry. Yes. Remember, Josh Donaldson was gone for Brett Lowry. Yeah. What has Josh Donaldson done since leaving there? Just been one of the best power hitters in the league still. Consistently. Brett Lowry's still in the league. No, I'm talking about Josh but, Donaldson. But, but I'm asking, is Brett Lowry oh, still Brett, in the league? I, don't, I haven't heard that name since he left the A's. Did he go to the White Sox for a minute? Did or he? Did he come from the White Sox? I, you know, I tried not to pay attention to his career. No, after. he went to the Blue Jays and then he came to the A's and then he went to the White Sox. Yeah, I was too. I was too upset about it. Yeah, I think I think he's out of the league now. Oh, well, you know, was, those were tough times. The A's are just going to disappoint us all again. They'll never get a new stadium. They'll be stuck in the Coliseum for the next fifty-five plus years as the Coliseum evaporates away. Now. I believe we made predictions for this MLB season in one of our early podcasts. Do you have a prediction right now? And we can go back to the tapes and see if they're the same. Because I think I remember what I said. 
I'm not 100%. Same. I'm not really sure. Feels like a long time ago, but I it wasn't a long time ago. Braves, Yankees, and Yankees won. I don't want that to happen at all. I think I said Yankees, Dodgers. I think you said Yankees, Dodgers. I think we still feel the Yankees. We both said Yankees, right? I believe we both said Yankees. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't feel, I don't feel as confident about the Yankees, but it's also a very strange year, clearly. You know, it's, it is 2020. We were driving out of Fresno. The guy was wearing a life jacket while driving. (laughs) So we have seen a lot of very strange things. So, you know what? I'm just going to roll with that pick. I'm not confident in it, but I'm just going to stick to it. So you're saying Yankees over Dodgers? Yes. Dodgers lose another World Series. No, they will lose in the elimination game at the end. So you're saying it goes seven? Yes. The Dodgers will lose that elimination game again. Classic Uh, Dodgers. That would make me so happy. So happy if they just lost another game seven. But anyways, I don't think that's going to happen. Because I think I did say the sleeper team this year is going to be the Padres. And all of a sudden... It's Slam Diego. It's not San Diego anymore. It's Slam Diego. Because they just keep mashing. The Padres have the best uniforms in baseball, by the way. They're pretty good. They're pretty good. Yeah, um, yeah honestly, I, I wouldn't even disagree with you. They might be the best in baseball. But I'm going to change my pick from the Atlanta Braves. Yankees. And I think I'm going to go... With San Diego Padres winning the World Series, their first World Series. Are you putting year. the GMT guarantee on this? I'm not going to put no, GMT. Okay, then, then this not is until this not is until I see that Clevenger is going to be pitching this postseason. I cannot. You, you, you got you got to roll with the punches, man. Just give us the GMT guarantee. Not, no, don't hide back there. Don't hide back the there. Just give it to us. Started yet? All right, let's let's let the postseason kind of roll on, and then the GMT guarantees will come. In. This is a prediction. This isn't a guarantee. This Wait, is called prediction. People want the GMT guarantee. I understand what they want, but I already gave one GMT guarantee today. I can't put two in one podcast. Also, I did GMT guarantee the Heat would be in the post or in the finals. I did get the Denver Nuggets wrong though. Uh, it's because the NBA loves LeBron, and they won't let him lose. But you know, there's some ulterior motives by the NBA with LeBron and the LeBron love that they have. Just like the 2016 finals, it's it's repeating. The Warriors blew a three to one. They didn't score in the last five minutes of that series. You know, I'm a Warriors fan, and that why, was embarrassing. You know why Draymond got suspended because LeBron went and cried to the NBA saying, even that if you missed out on Draymond in Game Five, you still should not have gone in Game Six and scored about 11 points in the first quarter. And then Game Seven, you can't score the last five minutes. You couldn't hit one shot on your home floor. Been, Series should have been done in five. It does, the Warriors blew that. I'm just going to say it straight up. Yeah. Does it hurt? Yeah. Go back and watch the refs in game six, too. Go back and the watch The Warriors didn't lose because of the refs in game six. They scored, what, 11 points in the first Steph, quarter. Because Steph Curry all of a sudden had 3,005 minutes over he, a bunch of crap. This is ridiculous. You still shouldn't score 11 points in one quarter as an NBA franchise. Well, when you lose the momentum because your third best player on the team gets suspended and then Andrew Bogut gets hurt. And then, I mean, all these things. And then the NBA refs just absolutely killing the Warriors for no reason. Just because everyone everyone loves LeBron in the NBA. And LeBron makes gonna, the world go around. No, I'm going to give Cleveland all the credit in the world for coming back in that series. This, had, that this was impressive. nothing to do with the NBA. Weren't we talking about baseball? Yeah. So why then, are we talking about... Then we went into and the NBA playoffs somehow that you went into the Miami Heat because oh, of the GMT, GMT guarantee. Yeah. I'm, so what I'm trying to say is I'm doing very good right now. I said... So then, Denver would beat the Clippers. GMT guarantee. Then who done. wins the NBA Finals? Who wins the NBA Finals? I haven't made that decision yet. When does it start? I don't know. Wednesday? 
Is it Wednesday? Yeah. Ooh, okay. Uh, that would mean I have to make a GNT guarantee on this podcast right now. Let me think. Let me get back to the prediction I was making for baseball, and then I'll come up with a GNT guarantee. Okay. All right. So Padres are going to the World Series, and this is a prediction. No GNT guarantee. Padres against. God, I'm just gonna go with it. I got this feeling. Padres Twins World Series. Padres and Twins. I don't have a prediction on who's going to win that one. That'd be a good series, though. Actually, you know, I already said my prediction. Padres. If Mike Clevenger's on the mound and pitching and he's not hurt, Padres win the World Series. Okay, then let's go on to the NBA. Who wins this series? GNT guarantee. I want to hear yours first. Lakers are going to win the series. Yeah. I think they'll win it in six. Spolster's a good enough coach where he's going to win a couple games. I really want to see Iggy win and beat LeBron one more time. Um, that's, that's a Warriors fan in me. I still love Iggy. I just 2015 I, Finals MVP, by the way. Yeah, he, he didn't deserve it. He's that, got more Finals MVPs than Steph Curry. And by the way, we have the same amount of Finals MVPs as Steph Curry. Uh, I'm not going to start dissing Steph on the podcast. Uh, I will go play golf with you, and I... Not gonna guarantee I'll win. That's really good at golf, but I could put up a battle. Man, I really want to put the GNT guarantee on the Heat. I just don't know if I think the NBA will allow the Heat to win this series. I think the NBA wants the Lakers to win. But if one group could do it, it's Jimmy Butler and those guys. It's amazing what Jimmy Butler can do with a stable franchise. Right. By the way. Yeah. People used to think he was the problem. It's funny how you're calling Chicago an unstable franchise, though. It's one of the most historic franchises in NBA history. And what have they done since they traded away all those guys 30-something years ago? Nothing. Nothing. But I'm just saying. They wanted to rebuild too quick, and then how did that work out? Well, that's not true. They had Derrick Rose. I mean, they were that, those teams were really, really good. But, but how long ago was that? Uh, man. And ten, they haven't exactly been ago. stable since that either. <laughs> so... <laughs> I wouldn't exactly call them a stable franchise for the last decade that's, either. That's fair. You know, I I just I can't can't pick the Lakers. GMT guarantee on the Miami Heat. Oh, here we go. Okay, how many games? No, oh, it's a seven game series. Who's Finals MVP? Tyler Hero. No. Does he celebrate with with a Capri Sun? <laughs> that's gonna be an interesting celebration <laughs> there with him. Um, <laughs> God, who? I, it's gotta be Jimmy Butler. If they win this series, Jimmy Butler is going to have to play great defense, and he's going to have to score. Um, so if Miami Heat win, it's going to be Jimmy Butler. Okay. So there you go, GMT guarantee. And we'll see if this does unfold. Also, for this podcast, I know I was giving Manny some, you know, talking some trash to him about Texas. Um, but on this next podcast, it's basically a West Virginia podcast, and I will be moderating this podcast instead of participating because honestly I don't think I'm going to get more than two words in No, you're not. You're not. You're going to get two words um, in at the start saying I'm good and then that's it. Yeah, honestly, I might leave the podcast early, so just be prepared because I don't want to sit there and waste my time listening to West Virginia fans talk about that school, you know, whatever. <laughs> but I'm going to make a GMT guarantee here. When is the Texas West Virginia game? November 7th. 7th yeah. Right? Okay. The Texas Longhorns are back. Texas is back. And the Texas Longhorns will beat 
West Virginia. Honestly, if Sam Ellinger doesn't beat West Virginia this year, that's really sad. That's really sad. But you were talking some trash to Mr. Coach T. Yeah, because Texas also should be far better. West Virginia, I believe, has produced more NFL draft picks than Texas, and West Virginia's got 1.8 million people in that state in terms of the school. Texas Texas has been very disappointing, and if they don't beat West Virginia this year, that's really sad. Wow. See, that's not how West Virginia fans should talk. You're trying to put the expectations of West Virginia down. Because they should be after they, they, they outgained Oklahoma State and they lost. Yeah, they should be. The expectations are down. That's pathetic. I heard about the play, Colin. It wasn't good. I'm disappointed in you as a West Virginia fan. I honestly, I want West Virginia to win that game, but on paper, Texas should win that game by two scores. Well, GMT guarantee Texas, and apparently you're putting your whatever. Whenever you find your guarantee, CJ, you're trying to steal my thing. Whenever you come up with yours, apparently you're guaranteeing that Texas will win that game as well. You know, I. I'm gonna, I'm except to, I'm gonna except West Coach Virginia, West right Virginia now. always wins in Austin, though. Too, that's the mm-hmm. thing. I'm going to go text Coach West T West Virginia's right now. won three out of four times in Austin, Texas. But I think if Sam Ellinger can't beat West Virginia this year, then Texas will never, ever be back. It's as simple as that. Never, ever be back. We've heard that they've been back for the last six years. Texas is back. There will be a moment where Texas is not back this year, but it's not going to be against West Virginia. They should not have beat Texas Tech either. I told there will be a moment where Texas is not back. All right, Texas. Oh, back, so they'll lose to back. Kansas again. Uh, I don't know if that about that. Maybe K State pulls off another big one. Maybe Iowa State. I, I'm not going to predict who they lose to, but they will lose to some team. I'll oh, predict who they lose to. I don't even know their schedule. The Big Twelve schedule. Let's let's okay. go through all the opponents. You know, I don't. Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, TCU, Texas Tech, Baylor. The Oklahomas, West Virginia. There you go. It's all mapped out for you. TCU for one and one reason only. Okay. Yeah. We got we got the answer to that. So Texas will lose to TCU, Coach. See, there we go. Do you have any score? No. Okay. Well, that's. I don't even know TCU is good this year. So. <laughs> TCU is really good, like every other year. It's strange. Is one this, year is this year the good year? Probably. There's one year they'll go ten and two one year, of course the shorter season this year, but so there's they'll go ten and two one year, the next year they'll go like seven and five or five and seven. How that continually ha- continuously happens, I don't know. But I guess Texas is not back. But with that, that wraps it up for this edition of the West Coast Preps Podcast. Our next episode is a fun one with Jason Hardy from the San Mateo area. Pretty much the official West Virginia University podcast here. This is going to be a fun one. You thought we had a fun background there last week. Just wait until you see this one. But until then, everybody, take care. Stay safe. Follow us on social media at West Coast Preps underscore. Subscribe to our YouTube page and follow all of our work at westcoastpreps.com. Come. Come. So long.